0: Welcome to this Knowledge Natter by RCVS Knowledge. Here we have friendly and informal discussions with our Knowledge Award champions and those who are empowered by quality improvement in their work. Whether you're a veterinary surgeon, veterinary nurse, receptionist, or member of management, quality improvement will and can positively impact your everyday life. Listen and be inspired. Welcome to this RCVS Knowledge Natter. My name is Lou Northway, I'm Quality Improvement Clinical Lead here at RCVS Knowledge, and today I'm speaking with one of this year's Knowledge Award winners, Leanne McLeod from Ellswood Veterinary Hospital. Hello, Leanne. Hi, Lou. How are you? I'm good, good, yes. Thank you for joining me today. I know everyone is very busy, but I've been so excited about finding out more about your quality improvement project. Um, It's a subject close to my heart too, but I thought we'd start off by going through your career history. I want to know about you and how you got into veterinary nursing and where you've worked over the last few years.
1: Yes, no, absolutely definitely. so I always had, from a very young age, um, an interest in animals. Um, I grew up, um, with parents who, um, had a passion for horses. So we always had horses. Um, was never allowed any smaller pets, but it was something that I always dreamed of having a dog from a very young age. Um, which we did get them when I was about eleven. Um, and it was really, um. From, yeah say from a young age I always wanted to work with animals um and sort of from about the age of about thirteen um I started volunteer at an animal sanctuary um close to home um which was kind of more large animal um, it was mainly horses um, but I absolutely loved it um and really loved looking after um the you know the cases that were coming come in that were extremely neglected um. And yeah, that's kind of where my passion grew. Um, it was kind of fourth year in school that I uh, spoke to a careers teacher and kind of knew that I would never probably get into um, veterinary, but I, because I, I, wasn't really that keen in school and wanted to leave as soon as I could. Um, so I spoke to a careers teacher um, and they had mentioned, oh, you know, maybe veterinary nursing. So um, I went along to um, an open day um, in our local um, college, um, which provided actually the, the animal nursing assistant course and the level three um, at the time. So it was a year or so before I was due to leave school, but um, I went along and um, there was actually a veterinary nurse. Uh, speaking that day, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> um, she spoke so passionately. She worked in a small animal clinic, but um she just seemed to absolutely love her job. And I knew from that stage that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a career that I absolutely loved. Um, so I, yes, I for the the following year, then I completed a, a week's work experience in a veterinary clinic, um, which was actually a large animal clinic. Um, and of course I absolutely loved it and um, I as I say I wasn't that keen on school but um the week then I had to go back you know how to present what all I, I seen and I think I rambled on that much the teacher at the, the time um, but I just enjoyed it so much and um, so then I when I left school I um managed to get a a placement for my animal nursing assistant course um, and it was in the same clinic that I had done my work experience Um, so I spent a year there and completing my animal nursing assistant course um, and really really loved the large animal side of it Um, yeah it was kind of probably 50 50 practice so um yeah quite rural um but I I loved it from day one you know I and I was really really upset that I didn't want to leave but it wasn't an approved clinic for to continue on my training um but I knew I knew I had to if I wanted to become a veterinary nurse I I had to leave so um the next step was quite difficult in, in trying to obtain uh an approved practice um there's only a, a small number in Northern Ireland. And at that stage, um, there was only one college um, in Northern Ireland that was providing the course. So, you know, the limited, there were very limited, I think, maybe 15 to 20 um, kind of students each year. Wow. So Yeah, um, very competitive and, then in that case. and <laughs> Extremely, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, most of the approved, uh, the approved clinics, they could have been a waiting list to four or five years you know which I was willing to do. Um but yeah I just remember at that sort of age I was still probably yeah I was just turned 17. I remember visiting every single approved clinic in Northern Ireland with my C V and just waving it over the desk and hoping that somebody somewhere would would eventually um agree to take me on. Um, so I actually did um obtain um a placement um in a clinic and um, but it was quite a a journey for me. It was probably about an hour and a half away, wow. so I did did actually um obtain it as I say and um was planning on kind of moving um but the day that I was planning on moving um I had got a phone call from um it was probably mainly referral uh, clinic in Belfast um, if I wanted to come for an interview for um an animal nursing assistant slash kind of reception role so um oh, I, I couldn't believe it the two kind of came at Gosh, not pretty, yeah pretty pretty nice, it was
0: meant to be meant to be <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: So I, um, yes, went to the interview in Earlswood Vetany Hospital at the time um, and managed to obtain that position. Um, so I spent spent about a year working between reception and kind of animal nursing assistant role um, before starting my journey on the level three um, course, um, which, yeah, I found it, I absolutely loved it, but I found it very difficult. Um you Know the balance between working full time and the hospital, um, was extremely busy, <clears> mm-hmm. excuse me, uh, like most places. Um, and you know, working every other weekend, and at that stage, um, the course, um, was, was MPL led as well, so it was trying to juggle the MPL, uh, revising for exams, and, and working full time. You know, it really yeah. was a struggle, Um so I. I was there for about three years um, and then my practicals were coming up and I knew I just didn't have enough time working there to to get my you know my practical exams so I did leave um I, I went to a first opinion uh, clinic um for for about a year where I obtained my um, my practicals and um, but it was the best thing that I ever done because um, I was more like a I was I was I felt like I was used a lot more um, as a, a nurse as, as rather than a you know a a student. Um I would have you know been involved with doing night shifts um yeah. and kind of soul nursing um, and I um, I learned so much in that year um, and it was actually um one of the night shifts um I was sitting on the floor with a seizure and dog um at about, I don't know, three or four o'clock in the morning and I was just scrolling. I had no intention of leaving. and um, I actually really did enjoy that practice and um, and I was just scrolling through jobs or jobs that came up and yeah. um there was a position Um, for a surgery nurse in the um, Queen Mother Hospital. Um, So I kind of thought, oh, maybe that sounds like something I would be interested in. Um, and never really thought about it um, until the next day. And I did put an application form in and obtained an interview and actually got the role um, several weeks later. So I moved to London then um, and was there for just over a year. but in that year, like, I just learned so much. Um, I absolutely loved the university hospital environment. Um, I loved the, you know, the students coming through. And although I was only a new grad at the time, you know, I was still learning. But I felt like they were, you know, they were learning from me as well. And I yeah. absolutely loved it. Um, I loved all the lunch and learn CPDs every day. Um, and... Do you know the the caseload was just fab Um, although most nights I did have to come and google what what medications were on and what uh what procedures they had because I was still learning but um I suppose that's how my my knowledge grew and um, so yeah I was there and Unfortunately, I just wasn't home, so um, I decided to come back to Northern Ireland. Then, after... full of knowledge,
0: though, full of knowledge and ins- like inspired, <laughs> and wanting to spread your enthusiasm all over Northern Ireland.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, so yes, I came home and um, managed to to get a position back in Earlswood Veterinary Hospital. Um, so I have been there since really. Um, and the year that I did come home, I decided to do my um get an anesthesia and um, it was an area that I felt that I was very nervous of um and panicked nearly every time I went into theatre but I felt that it was yeah it was because I didn't know enough so um I spoke with um my manager and my boss who um you know is is so supportive and um you know they had suggested maybe doing some cpd or something i thought you know what i might as well do a certificate or something that's you know going to benefit me long term so i decided to complete the insert in uh, anesthesia with improve international and and i really loved Love the course and um, unfortunately it was kind of when COVID had just hit so I didn't manage to get um over to see all or to do all the lectures but um you know most of them were kind of on online anyway um and it was it was um during my time with improve that I learned about RCBS knowledge and I had never heard of it before. I suppose, you know, nobody else kind of in our clinic had been talking about it. So I I I kind of wasn't really aware of it. Um, but yes, it was one of the lectures ha- had discussed it. Um and um whilst doing my certificate, we had to carry out an audit um and it was the RCVS Knowledge website that I turned to for all the um the tools that that I needed to complete my audit. Yeah. Um So, yes, I had had obtained the data and kind of during COVID time, Um, and then I went over to VN Spark. (laughs) uh, What a (laughs) benefit! I had encouraged everybody to really look into it and get involved, which is fab. Um, And you know, I already had to obtain the data and had the audit, and I thought, you know, I might as well try. I I have it. (laughs) Um and uh, yes, that's when I t- decided to submit. Um, but I think you know my results were were so shocking. <laughs> um, that um, you know, I definitely knew things had to change. Um, so yes, no, I'm I'm kind of yes, I'm going round circles now. It's such yes, it's such a journey. In
0: you've been on such a journey and I think it's so inspirational to hear that you know you started your training you had to move around a bit it had some pivots and some turns but your enthusiasm and your knowledge has just well exploded hasn't it really to be honest as as the years have gone by and look at you now flying I know I work with so
1: (laughs) many amazing nurses that you know every day I learn something new from them and I I work in a team of probably about 18 nurses and um you know it is a big team um, and some of uh, you know some of them nurses ha- have been in practice 20-30 years and um, one in particular I think was one of the first or second Bettany nurses in Northern Ireland so to you know it's um it's fab to learn from from other people and um
0: every day day, it really (laughs) is isn't it it really is I think that's one of the best things about our profession is that you do genuinely learn something new every day and we're so lucky to work alongside so many inspirational people and you say you have some vet nurses that have been in practice probably longer than maybe we've been alive I don't know (laughs) but yeah it's amazing Uh Yeah. yeah so you you started doing your audit um during lockdown as as the um covid hit um and you say you collected all of your data um so let's start talking about your project for those who may not be aware so what did you uh, start from the beginning um what did you look at what did you decide to look at
1: okay so um I kind of knew that we always did have an issue in practice um not really from obtaining data but just vaguely you know looking at um patients coming back on recovery um, and I always knew that there was hypothermia was an issue um in, in our clinic and i always said it was post um surgery and um, it is kind of what i always said but and um, then when i decided to collect the data and um, I just thought it would be easier, rather than because we were on a reduced team, and um, it would be easier just to say that, you know, every patient that is going under general anaesthetic, if we could just get a pre and post um, temperature check, um, and you know, just have it all in one one sheet that we can I, I can have a look at and see um, if we do really have an issue. Um, so yes, originally my thought was, um, you know, monitor. Or, Modern sort of post-op temperature following surgery but actually then I discovered that it was even cases that were having imaging so mm. We would have a ct machine so mainly probably ct and um, not so much kind of general anaesthetic uh, or actually under general anaesthetic was more kind of it was more ct um, and mri and um, that we we had an issue so um unfortunately yeah we had a hundred percent fail rate every single case that was coming back um to the wards for recovery and um, were hypothermic and um, so I yes just obtained the data for about a month so I probably would have liked um some more cases but due to COVID that you know we did have a a reduced workload and um, but it was obvious to see that we there was an issue there and um, so I decided then to introduce um pre-warming and um, so we have the metal Shoreline Kennels, and um, so every patient would normally have a blanket when they come in, but it was decided that um every patient if they were being sedated w- would have a vet bed um and also a heat mat put underneath it and um, and then covered um over the top um and you know the the outcome was significant you know it had changed drastically um. I also find that our hospitals may be a bit cold. We, we would see a lot of brachycephalic dogs. Mm. Um, and I suppose we do try to keep the wards maybe a bit cooler for them. Um, I know that's probably across the board. They, they seem to be a lot more popular. Um, and I suppose, you know, because it is such a busy hospital and everybody's running around. Mm.
0: Yes. Most,
1: most
0: of the staff are roasted. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's a massive thing, isn't it, as well? And when, when you look at the literature and it advises, you know, optimum temperature to keep patients warm is like 26 degrees or something like if that's just not feasible. We'll all be fainting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like it's you so your interventions were relatively simple, weren't they? And achievable for all of us in practice. And yet they had really marked improvements with your outcomes.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, we continued that, and I collected the data over another month as well. Um, and yeah, as I say, yeah, it was dramatic the, the change. Um, I think kind of our team of uh, nurses more rather than vets. The you know the nurses were well aware that there was an issue there, but um, I think the vets maybe maybe not so much. Um, and it's only until you have the you know the the data in front of you written down in black and white and that you can you can really see the 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 difference and so yeah I think uh, quite a lot of our vets were quite shocked and and you know then I suppose it affects recovery and oxygen more oxygen is required for recovery and and infections you know and and it's only yeah that you really sit down and look that you, you you realize so um yeah no um just small Small efforts can make such a difference, um, yeah. and and um, it's worth, yeah, just popping a blanket over and trying. Yeah, to so simple, ready. isn't it?
0: Yeah, it seems so obvious when people say it out loud, but you think, you know, when you're busy or pre-bed, back to bed, but you think, oh no, let's try and cover them up and yeah, slide a heat pad in. I mean, if some practices are lucky and have incubators for cats and things like that, we don't in my practice. So just like you, small little changes can have big differences. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, and yeah, I suppose then being
1: aware of the recovery ward um, temperatures as well. You know, making sure that the air cons turned off if we don't have any brucellosis um, in that ward or something. You know, like that. Just simple, you know, simple things that can can make such a difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting you saying about diagnostic imaging. Um, you know, that those being areas where patients were particularly hypothermic. And that's something definitely we've encountered as well. Because um, we can always think, you know, when we have to, I don't know, radiograph a limb, then there's no reason why a patient can't have clothing on or a pet shirt or something just to help insulate them. But again, it's like stopping, isn't it? And thinking about what, how can we be creative and improve this for our patient?
1: Yeah, a 14-hour hospital and. Um you know it's quite separate areas so um the patients you know maybe induce an induction and then they have to move to excuse me move to um ct and then maybe if they're needing some you know more imaging you know they're moved around the hospital and Mm. i suppose you know different corridors and doors swinging open and closed and drafts coming in you know they are going to cool down but um you know it, it is just planning more than anything and you know, making sure that they are optimum temperature before you begin. Um, and, and like you say, you know, we do have an incubator, so we would try for any of the the cats or um any of the small dogs just to try and pre pre warm warm them before. Um, but yes, it's it's just trying to plan all that in a in a busy hospital, and yeah. you, know, you could have maybe two cats getting induced at once, and you know, we we've only the luxury of one incubator, you know, um, so it is it is difficult to plan, but. Um, it's something as a team that we can all work on and the fact that everybody's well aware of it now and um, you know can, can it,
0: make such a can make such a change yeah mm-hmm. it's like part of the everyday planning now so you know we think about fl- drugs we think about fluids we think about what bits of kit we need well the patient warming is should be on that list as well so yeah, yeah. yeah like you say it's a part Correct. of every day now makes a massive difference
1: yeah and I think off the back of. Um, just kind of the last couple of months you know it has been in talks about you know maybe changing our protocol that we have you know our tech sheets that, that that is you know and um, that is, is included and um, to make sure that everybody all new members of staff that are coming in are well aware of it not just the team that have been there when the data was collected um, and yeah. so that it is as you say part of daily routine that everybody yeah. is, is pretty warmed
0: uh-huh. yeah that's so important isn't it so when you when you onboard new people making sure they're aware of you know this is what we do here because we assume don't we but we we must make sure Um, and when you were doing all of your audits your head nurse was really pivotal wasn't she in championing you and getting the team on board with making those small changes tell me a little bit about her
1: (laughs) yeah so um our head nurse is, is brilliant so she is um she is so keen for for our hospital to move forward um and is really keen for us to To do the best that we can for our patients, and so any new ideas, um, if it's just you know ideas or auditing, like she she is um very keen and and happy to call you know nurses meetings to talk about it, and and definitely without her I think she was the one that was making sure shouting not shouting but shouting in the theatre make sure you're recording the temperatures (laughs) coming out so that I actually had data to go on, and. so no, she, she is brilliant and um she's so encouraging um you know from from all aspects of the hospital but Daphne when it comes to um patient care she she is just fab so she is um uh, yeah she was shocked at the the outcomes um so she was really keen for any new measures to be put in place that can make improvements definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, it
0: sounds like you you and your head nurse are a good tag team. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sure you've inspired many others on your team now, though, to sort of be wanting to look at things. Have you got any other ideas of what you'd maybe like to look at and improve in the future? Um. So yeah. Oh, God. where I'm should we start? <laughs>
1: when you go the hospital and you look around, you think, "Oh my goodness, there's so many things that we could improve." But I suppose that's in in any hospital or any um yeah. clinic. You know, there is so many things. Um. We we try to pain score most patients, um, but we would have quite a set um, protocol um, from the vets. But I feel like it's something that we could really work on that, um, you know, that we we pain score patients more regularly than what we do. And, you know, maybe taper down opioids before... you know before that we actually you know before that we do already so um yeah no I think that would be something that I'd be really keen to look at you know look at in the next the next while um but yeah I suppose it's such a big undertaking isn't it and you know I suppose we would need more than yeah. I suppose you know the vets would need to be on board as well. Um, especially you know we would do quite a lot of orthopedics, so um, yeah, you want to be them. You want the patients to be as comfortable as they possibly can. But I think that would be something that um, yeah, that we we could look at. Um. And maybe taper a, a bit better which would yeah would be great
0: yeah I think that would be a brilliant one for you to do next and I hope to see it in next year's knowledge awards although life's <laughs> going to be a bit different for you isn't it for the next few months now yes. uh-huh. <laughs> because you have a, a new little person on the way but maybe not yeah. next year but the year after I would yeah, like well, to we'll see that here. please <laughs> oh no that's um no that's a really good subject area and actually that's something that we've been looking at in my practice since January and it's been really interesting actually um I'll I'll share you a little, I'll just tell you a little bit but um we found that dogs were, were on average being pain scored more frequently than cats so we had okay. team discussions as to why that is um we have also looked at how many patients needed um topping up that sorry their analgesia topped up after neutering so proportionate dogs um cat space be bitch space, and that's been really interesting as well um mm-hmm. and yeah it's really just opened a massive can of worms and lots of discussion so um maybe you and i can have a chat about this in yeah, a few months time <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no definitely and actually when you, you're saying that you know that probably similar to our clinic you know um most dogs would be pain scored and the cat's you know, very rarely unless you, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of, yeah no actually that that that's such a interesting a, you know, a isn't it yeah
0: because we were, we were discussing yeah. like what's the reasons for that so is it because we, we were talking about the different methods so Grimace versus Glasgow um, yeah. versus Colorado which one um, do people like the best which is most user-friendly which one do we prefer using with our patients um, and yes we've been going around in circles a little bit if I'm honest the last couple of um, the last month or so but um, it's been really interesting just to go there and review something that we do every single day. Yeah, no, definitely. No, that's a, another one to think about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. So, Leanne, you've had an amazing career so far and the future is very bright for you, I'm very sure. Um, but what would be your top tips for nurses that are setting out on their QI journey right now? Um, So top tips, Um,
1: I think when you, you know, when you hear about QI and audit and things it's scary to, to think, you to know, oh gosh, I you know, well I know I, I was, gosh, I couldn't do that. There's no way I could do that. But actually um it's very easy. Once you obtain the data, um do you know it, it's a, an, an easy thing to do. And the R C V S Knowledge website has so many tools to help you um you know obtain the data and what to do with it once you have and um, you, you have it in front of you Um, so i think yeah it's not a scary a scary uh and it's definitely not boring at all you know i loved finding out um you know the what we were collecting every day and i every day i was looking at the board oh what temperatures are, are coming out today so it's actually so exciting and you get you really get focused and, and get um intrigued by it um so yeah no I think um it's not a it's not a scary subject it's not something that takes an awful you know lot long times I know everybody's so busy and you know the thought of trying to do an audit um I know originally I thought oh, gosh how am I going to ever do that like I don't have enough time as it is never mind collecting data but if you get your full team on board it's yep. so simple and um, you know and you're you're trying to improve things for your patients so um hopefully everybody would be on board to to help Um,
0: yeah I think yeah that's... I think that's brilliant advice and when you were collecting your data did you just have um sort of like a piece of paper on the prep room wall or so they just t- put their patient's temperature in as they were taken back to bed or how did it work yeah so I just popped
1: a page on um our kind of ops board and our prep room board um and anybody coming through with patients then it was easy just to write mm. right on the pre and post temperatures and yeah and I think I had collected originally the um temperatures coming out of theater and things like that so yeah it's so simple just to you know stick a, a bit of paper on the board and to collect the collected you know the data it was not difficult at all and as I say I work with a great team that everybody was was keen to help and, and be involved with so um yeah no it's very very easily easy to do and I suppose with the the pain scoring you know if that is something that I might get, undertake down the line you know, that would be the same, you know, mm-hmm. we, could, we could just pop a, um, a page to collect the data um, in the kennel area, in the wards, mm-hmm. um, and just get everybody involved, and as long as the team know about it, you know, it's a simple simple task as you're walking past, or in the morning yeah. time, when you're doing your pain score, just to, to, to pop it on the board, so yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's such, such good advice, and I think it's quite um interesting for the colleagues that are filling out, you know, ticking on the sheet as well, isn't it? Oh, what's every, you know what the other temperatures or pain scores been this week? Yeah. I think it does help engage everybody. So no, absolutely brilliant. Oh well, I could talk to you for hours, but um, I just wanted to say congratulations again for your knowledge award. I'm sure this will be the first of many, <laughs> and I want to see more projects in the future. But good luck with everything no, over the it. next couple of months with your little person that's on the way, and um, I look forward to seeing what happens next.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for being an inspiration for for, uh, making me do it.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. (laughs) Uh, Lovely. Brilliant. Take care, Leanne. Cheerio. Thank you. Bye bye. We hope you have enjoyed this recording. Please share it with your colleagues and friends. If you would like to find out more about quality improvement and access our free courses, examples and templates, please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcbsknowledge.org.